Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, Episode 76. I'm Scott Davenport. Today's topic, four reasons I use multiple photo apps. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this shared passion of ours. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. In our digital age, post-processing is an important part of creating our images. And I've used a lot of applications over the years to create my photos. You're going to hear a laundry list of them today. And I still use several software packages for my current work. As you may know, I do a fair bit of photo education on post-processing through YouTube, through my website. And it's a rare week that goes by that I don't get asked a question about my software preferences. What apps do you use? But the questions often take the form of, what is the best photo software? Or, what is your favorite editor? Or, what app do you recommend I use? And these are good questions. They're valid questions. Yet, when they're asked, usually the question lacks sufficient context to provide a rich, well-rounded, meaningful answer. So let's talk about photo apps in today's episodes and reasons you may want to use multiple applications. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with a friend on social media with your camera club. And if you can, please leave a rating for the podcast. The fresh ratings really help other photographers find out about the show. If you're an iPhone or Mac OS user, you can rate directly in Apple Podcasts. I'm pretty sure Stitcher and Spotify have built-in ratings. And you can also leave a rating on the web at podchaser.com. Okay, so let me set the stage here a little bit, some context. I've been working with digital images with purpose since 2011 or so, about 10 years. Before that, it was dabbling at best. So 2011, that's a good marker for me and purposeful photography. So what apps have I used in that time and where am I now? What am I using today? So uh, here's a, and sure is an incomplete list of applications I've used over the past decade. And I'll just run them down in alphabetical order. You know, maybe a few of these you'll go, oh yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> Here we go. Apple Aperture, Apple Photos, Aurora HDR, Lightroom, Luminar, the Nick Collection, specifically Nick Analog Effects, Nick Define, Nick HDR Effects Pro, Nick Silver Effects Pro, On One Photo Raw, the artist formerly known as the Perfect Photo Suite, that includes effects, layers, develop, resize. They had a black and white module back in the day. Photo Lemur, Photomatics, remember that one from the HDR days? Photoshop, Picasa, Tonality, is a black and white package from MacFun, now Skylum. And, and, and those are the ones that I remember, and that's just stuff on the desktop. I, I can't remember the name of the software that came with my first Nikon camera. Maybe it was like Nikon Capture or NX something, whatever it was, that was another one in there. But uh, the, the reason I give you that laundry list of applications is pretty early on in my digital workflow, maybe about two years into digital photography with purpose. I realized there was not one tool that would rule them all for me. When I first started with Aperture, that was my first 
you know, serious, purposeful editor that was you know, very, a very good program, very well-rounded. And I tried to make Aperture my only editing tool. I wanted that single tool that would do it all. And my photography outgrew the tool. The types of edits I wanted to do, I couldn't achieve in Aperture. I remember layering being the first feature that I really needed. Now this was around 2013 or so. You know, our cameras didn't have the dynamic range they have today. I wanted to do exposure blending, if not a full out HDR. I couldn't do that in Aperture. I wanted to explore texture blending. I couldn't do that in Aperture. I needed layers. I had a choice. I could let the tool chain limit my art or expand the tools in the toolbox. Well, pretty simple decision, right? The goal is make the photo I want to make and make it the best way I can. And if that means using another tool, I use another tool. If I've exhausted all the options of achieving a look within tool A, and I'm pretty darn certain I've thoroughly explored tool A, well, time to add another tool. Sidebar, I'll stipulate on Photoshop, okay? You can do anything in Photoshop. However, Photoshop is what I'll describe as expert-friendly. The learning curve, it's a long, slow process. And, and I get into the reasons I use multiple applications. Photoshop is one of them still, but there are reasons that I don't just solely do my work in Photoshop. Speaking of nowadays, what am I using now? My workflow is pretty settled out. I have four core applications that I use regularly. Lightroom, On One Photo Raw, Luminar, and Photoshop. I kinda sorta use Apple Photos, but that's really more exclusive to personal snapshots. The convenience of the iPhone and having those photos fold back into my Macs. But for my landscape photography, my travel photography, I'm using those four applications. Lightroom, On One Photo Raw, Luminar, Photoshop. So how did I settle on these applications? That brings me back to the questions I stated at the beginning of the podcast, that set of questions that I get asked on a regular basis. What is the best photo software? What is your favorite editor? What app do you recommend I use? The key thing that's missing from these questions is intent. What is the best photo software? Well, what do you want to do with your images? Are you a landscape editor? Are you a portrait photographer, an event photographer? Are you working on a handful of photos at a time or hundreds at a time? How many photos do you need to manage? Do you want to do more than just edit the images? Do you want to print them, create collections or books? These questions influence what might be, air quotes, the best photo software for you. The second question, what is your favorite editor? For what? Of course I want a quality image. That's a given. But beyond that, for what? What types of edits do you want to do? Basic edits, simple tweaks, small adjustments, you know, contrast, exposure, maybe a preset or a template, or the opposite of that spectrum, immense control, detailed masks, specialized looks, maybe a tool that you envision growing into. Your skills are at one place, but you want to take them to another place and have the tools be available to you, something you can grow into and use. Maybe you want to just do black and white work, or maybe you're doing macro photography and that requires certain things in the toolkit. Layered workflow I mentioned before, photo composites. 
what do you want to do with your photos? So what is your favorite photo editor for what purpose? And that third question, what app do you recommend I use? I struggle with that one because uh, when I get asked that, I'm not the person asking that question. It's kind of talk about the first two questions I just asked. What do you want to do with your images? And what kind of photo editor are you? These are the things each photographer needs to think about. They're personal decisions. Now, maybe you can achieve all your goals with a single application, and that's great. Maybe you need half a dozen. That's fine, too. You build up your toolkit to match your needs. So to bring this on home, what are the four reasons I use multiple photo applications? Here we go. Number one is asset management. Asset management is different than post-processing. Photoshop, I mentioned, it's a great image editor. You can do anything. It's not really an asset manager. Yeah, there's Adobe Bridge, but that's a different app, isn't it? I put Luminar in the same category. Solid editor, good AI tools, not a long-term asset manager. Now, most asset managers we have, you know, Lightroom, Photo Raw, Capture One, Apple Photos even, these applications have good fundamentals. The basics of editing are covered. There's usually some kind of auto button to quickly set highlights, shadows, exposure, some type of preset, maybe even some basic AI backing those types of changes. So those fundamentals, really, they are commodity at this point. My suggestion is to start with your asset management needs and grow from there. Choose a good photo hub where you can manage your photos long term because you will get decent fundamental editing features. Now, my hub is Lightroom. It has certain asset management features I rely on, things that are not present in other tools, at least when I was evaluating Lightroom compared to Capture One and On One Photo Raw back in 2015, you know, six years ago when Apple discontinued Aperture, I needed a place to move to. So I looked at Lightroom, Luminar, Capture One, Photo Raw, checked those against my needs. Lightroom ticked most of the boxes. And beyond asset management, Lightroom's a common choice for those that use multiple tools. Why? It has a healthy plugin ecosystem. Capture One's gaining. On One Photo Raw's got some capability there. So you know, look at those things and measure them against what you need. But that's reason number one, asset management. It is different than photo editing. It's related because you'll get the basics, but the asset manager might not deliver all of the editing features your photography needs, which leads me to reason number two, specialty tools. The second reason I use multiple apps is because some apps are specialized for certain work. I mentioned layers being the thing that first pushed me toward a multi-app workflow. All right, today, so Lightroom comes bundled with Photoshop, so I get layers there. And for things like focus stacking or other multi-image merges, the Lightroom-Photoshop combination works really well. But specialty tools, I'm thinking here of specialty filters, kind of like the glass filters we'll put on our cameras to get different looks. Digital filters work the same way. And different tools use different algorithms, different math to create their looks. For example, Plenty of software has glow looks, and I can simulate a glow with negative clarity or negative texture in Lightroom, but that's different than what, say, a Luminar or Anmon Effects produces. Now, personally, I like the glow looks that are in Luminar. When it comes to contrast, 
It's dynamic contrast and I want effects all the way for me. And that's a firm, firm fixture in my toolbox. If nothing else, I want effects is going to be there for dynamic contrast. And that's for me. I'm a landscape photographer. Maybe you're a portrait photographer and have a completely different set of needs or just a different set of tastes. Another specialty example is color grading or LUTs. Yeah, Lightroom has a color grading tool and it's workable. It doesn't have LUTs. And there are times when I want to use those looks. You may have noticed I haven't mentioned anything about like a dedicated noise reduction tool. Well, for me, less important because I'm working on a tripod almost all the time at ISO 100. Noise is not a major issue for me. For an event photographer or a street photographer, it's probably the opposite. Handheld in low light with higher ISO, it's commonplace. So a specialty noise reduction tool might be something you need in your toolkit. Now, you might be thinking, well, Scott, you know, if you've got this Lightroom Photoshop combination, can't you just do all of these things? I mean, couldn't you get really darn close to, say, dynamic contrast in Lightroom or Photoshop with a combination of texture and clarity and maybe some range masks? Uh, you know, you can do anything in Photoshop, right? Maybe. Probably. Yet that brings me to the third reason I use multiple apps to create my images. Reason number three, ease of use. Ease of use is important. Why? I'm a photographer and I love making images. Now I do enjoy post-processing. That's part of the creativity for me. But I don't enjoy wrestling with tools. Yeah, I can do anything in Photoshop if I was a wizard with the program, which I'm not. I could learn. It's a skill and we can learn new skills. We're always learning in photography. However, time is a limited resource. I want quality images. I want to make more of them. The less time I spend wrangling with a set of sliders or laying down nine different adjustment layers in Photoshop with blending modes and you know, multi-key combinations to, to do whatever it is I need to do, the more time I have to make the next photograph or get back out in the field and capture a new set of images. When I can use a targeted tool that does what I need quickly and efficiently, that's the route I'm going to go. Yes, I want a quality image, and yes, I'm willing to invest the time to make that quality image. Yet when I have a filter like dynamic contrast and on one, I don't need to wrestle with other tools to simulate that look. I'll use the filter, get the look, and move on. Same thing for AI-powered things in Luminar. Uh, for you, it might be another feature, another application. Now, Topaz has some impressive plugins for sharpening slightly blurred photos. Now, could you do something to simulate that with intricate masking and layering and blending modes? Maybe. It sounds like heavier lifting. Uh, it's, it, it reminds me of uh, portrait photographers where you can do layers and frequency separation to make skin smoother in like a natural way, losing blemishes but not losing the pores. Well, well now we have AI-powered facial recognition tools that do all that for us. So we use the tools. The tools are easier to use and you get to your finished image more quickly. And one other thought about ease of use. A tool that you find easy to use might be difficult for me to use and vice versa. Sometimes the way an application approaches photography just doesn't match with the way you think. So when you're evaluating ease of use, make sure it's easy for you to use. 
And reason number four, the last reason I use multiple photo apps is for sparks of inspiration. I have a pretty streamlined workflow. A streamlined workflow is great. I've strived for that with my landscape and seascape work. It's well settled in. The double-edged sword is becoming formulaic. And that's where having multiple tools can spark creativity. Sometimes, just to throw me off balance a little bit, I'll start my workflow somewhere other than Lightroom. I'll start in Luminar, start in Photo Raw. Just like the specialty filters have different math to create different looks, every program that does raw processing has a different processing engine. The starting point is a little different because each application has that different interpretation of the raw data. And the basic sliders are basic. You know, they all do the same thing. I mentioned they're commodities, but each application's slider response is different. So when I start my workflow in a different place, it usually triggers some creativity. I'm not completely struggling with the tools because I know the applications pretty well, but because the order is different, the sequence has changed, my response to the tools changes also. And then I might reach for some of those filters or specialty tools that maybe I don't always reach for because I'm in the application and I'm kind of starting fresh and I can explore and experiment a little bit, spark some creativity. So those are my four reasons that I use multiple photo applications. To recap them, number one, asset management. Number two, specialty tools. Number three, ease of use. And number four, sparks of inspiration. If you're looking into a new tool for your toolbox, or thinking about a larger shift in your photo workflow, I hope this gives you some context, some things to think about as you evaluate your next photo app. After talking about photo applications for the last 10 or 15 minutes here, I feel that I should say I do have a relationship with some of these companies like On One and Skylum. This relationship I have with them as an affiliate with some of them, these things started after I was using their software. Now, the way that my relationship grew with these companies is I was using their stuff, I started making videos, sharing what I was learned, and then you know contact got made with uh, the folks that are at these companies and the relationships grew. My point here is when I'm talking about an editor, a photo product, it's because I see value in it and it's and I'm using it in my photography regularly. So if you're looking in the show notes, I do have some links there. Yes, they're affiliate links. And if you use one to add these software packages to your library, I do get a small commission, no extra cost to you. But I include these because I use the products, I see the value in them, and I think they're worthwhile. One other bit of studio news is next week's, next week's podcast. This will be about the, the, the midpoint of 2021, and I thought it'd be good to talk about a mid-year review. I sketched out some photo goals for the year at the beginning of the year, shared those on the podcast. So why don't we do a, a checkpoint on those next week, see how uh, I've been doing, progressing toward goals. And I hope that you do the same uh, so that when you come back next week, yeah, I'll share my story. You'll have thought about your story and figured out, well, all right, what, uh, what other things do we need to do over the course of the second half of 2021 to keep our art and keep our craft moving forward? As I sign off for this week, thanks as always to the members of the Patreon community. It's your support that makes this podcast possible. 
Thank you very much for your continued pledges. By supporting this show, the tutorials that I'm doing on YouTube, you're helping thousands of other photographers improve their skills, grow their craft. So thank you very much. If you're interested in learning more about the Patreon community, check the show notes. There is a link there. There are also many zero-cost ways that you can support this show. Check the show notes. There's a support the show button. And there's a whole variety of ways that you can spread the word about this show because that's one great way to support Stop Down Podcast. And you will hear me again in another seven days. And until then, my name's Scott Davenport. Have fun. Thank you.